Well, church, it's time for a word. I hope you have your Bible open. You get some pen and some pieces of paper. You pull out your notes app because I believe that this is going to be an important message that will set us on a course for building what God has for us. I'm just so excited to get into the word. Oh yeah, me too. And you're joining me, which is awesome. And she's gonna be chiming in a little bit here. She's gonna be my amen corner, hopefully. Uh, if yeah. I'm doing the right thing and saying the right thing. <laughs> she's a tough crowd, okay? She's not just, oh, look. Not. Yes, she is. Don't, don't let her fool you. She be checking to see if I'm accurate, okay? <laughs> but I do wanna make the announcement that Pastor Marlena will be preaching next Sunday. So we're very excited about that. Yay. And here's the interesting thing is it just so happens to fall on Mother's Day, but you actually have wanted to preach in this series to begin with. So yep. we're excited for the word to come out of her. It's not just because it's Mother's Day. We're very careful about tokenizing, <laughs> but she, as you know, is a regular part of our preaching schedule and we look forward to hearing her next week. Let's go ahead and pray. Let's open up our hearts. We believe that when we share the word that there can be a revolution of our hearts, a revolution of our values. Revelation mm -hmm. plus relevance equals revolution. So let's let's lift up our hands right now and our hearts Sorry. to the Father. Father God, in Jesus' name, we come before you, ask you to change us, touch us, transform us, change us from the inside out, God, that we may be able to perceive rightly, that we may be able to discern accurately, that we may be able to change that we may be able to be transformed into the image of your son. There can't be a fire in anyone's place, God, if there is an iceberg behind this metaphorical pulpit. So God, would you light us on fire that we may burn for you, burn for your truth, burn for your justice. And may the words of our mouths and the meditation of our heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our redeemer, in whom we trust, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, we've been going through a series called If You Build It. Type that in the comments, just four words, if you build it. And we are trying to determine and discern what God would have us build, but not just that, how God would have us build, right? And the statement that we've been making is right building leads to right dwelling. And that if we create a house that God is already blessing, that God will dwell there. Mm. And I don't know about you, but I want God to dwell. Yes. <laughs> I want God Amen. to dwell in everything that we build and inhabit what we build. And so our text today is going to continue on in that theme. We're gonna talk about dealing with distractions, building through and dealing with distractions. Someone type distractions in the comments. Type distractions in the comments. Our text today is Nehemiah chapter six. And we're gonna read the first three verses. Pastor Marlene is gonna read the first three verses. She's actually gonna read it out of the Amplified Bible translation because I love the way the Amplified says this. Nehemiah chapter six, verses one through three. Can you read that? Yes, verse one. Now when Samballot, Tobiah, Geshem, and the Arab, and the rest of our enemies heard that I had built the wall and that there was no breach left in it, although at that time I had not set up the doors in the gates, Samballot and Geshem sent to me saying, come, let us meet together in one of the villages in the plain of Ono, but they mm -hmm. intended to do me harm. Verse three, and I sent messengers to them saying, I am doing a great work and cannot come down. Why should the work stop while I leave to come down to you? Man. <laughs> what a word. That's a word already wow. just by itself, right? <laughs> That's a word by itself. But, you know, we're talking about dealing with distractions. And why do you think distractions are so powerful in our lives? 
Why do you think distractions have a grip on us? Because I don't know anybody who doesn't deal with the ever-present reality of distractions. I think at the height of what we're trying to accomplish and what we're trying to do for God, at some point, I believe the distractions are a test in some way. Mm, wow. They're a test of our focus. They are a test of how much we fix our eyes on Jesus, wow. as the Bible Texas tells us, we fix our eyes on Jesus. And so I think, you know, the distraction can really, really test us. Yeah, I, I really, I, I really appreciate, I wasn't even expecting you to say that. So this Sorry. is what making me think, <laughs> no, that's so powerful. You know, it's a test, but I think also, you know, Distractions are ever present. Mm -hmm. There's always something that we could be doing that could take our eyes off of what we should be doing. Mm -hmm. So there's a could and a should. Yeah. We could be doing something, right? But that doesn't always mean that we should be doing it. Mm -hmm. And so the, the definition of distractions is really interesting. It's a thing that prevents someone from giving full attention to something else. Wow. So this is just dictionary definition. Yeah. <laughs> so we're talking about okay, there's something that I have that I'm supposed to do, but a distraction shifts my focus and really prevents me from giving full attention. Mm. And isn't that the ever elusive part of focus? It's the ability to give our full attention to something right. or someone, to be fully committed, to be fully all in. And I don't know about you, but it is my desire, it's our desire that we would live lives that are not encumbered and blocked by distraction live lives that are able to give full attention to everything God has called for us to yes. do. And that's in our family, that's in our personal lives, and yes, that's in our ministry. As we're building, it's hard to build when you're mm. distracted, mm. right? And I think everyone in life will deal with distractions, but the thing that I, we were talking about is how you confront your distractions reveals your character. Mm. <laughs> how you confront your distractions reveals your character. Because you live with the ever-present reality of distractions, but how you confront that, how you challenge that, it's really a test of your character. Um, wow. Luke 10, go to Luke chapter 10. Okay. Luke chapter 10 here, there's a passage that's just so powerful and talks about distractions. Actually, this word for distraction is the only time that this word is mentioned in the Bible. Read verses 40 to 42. Okay. Verse 40, but Martha, overly occupied and too busy, was distracted hmm. with much serving. And she came up to him and said, Lord, is it nothing to you that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me to lend a hand and do her part along with me. Verse four, but the Lord replied to her by saying, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about, about many things. Mm -hmm. Verse 42, there is need of only one or but a few things. Mary has chosen the good portion, that which is to her advantage, will, which mm. shall not be taken away from her. So Mary chose the thing that would be taken away. Now there's a Greek word here that is used for when it says Martha was distracted and it literally means to draw away or in its usage form to be troubled greatly. Mm. And so a lot of times the distractions that we face draw us away or they can simply trouble us. And the troubling distracts and pulls our attention away from what we should be focusing on. Wow. Are, are you troubled today, church? Something troubling you? If you don't deal with the thing that troubles you, you won't be able to give God all of you. Mm. 
If you don't deal with the thing that troubles you, you won't be able to give God all of you. That's good. It is impossible for us to have the thing which shall be to our advantage, the thing which shall not be taken away, if we don't deal with the things that trouble and disturb our souls. Mm, that's good. <laughs> Church, I'm, I'm gonna tell you something. <laughs> this is the goal. The goal when it comes to distractions and our building and our constructing and our mission, the goal is not to be distraction free. The goal is to be distraction proof. When your phone, if you have a phone, I don't, uh, my phone's over there. But if you have a phone that is, that, is, that is waterproof, if your phone is waterproof, that means that if you dip it in the water, it won't change what it's meant to do. <laughs> now, now, that's a difference between being waterproof and water resistance. Wow. Water resistant means that it'll, it'll cause some of the water if you drop a little bit on it or if you sneeze on it, or if you spill a little water on it, then you can wipe it off. It's resistant to the water. But when you dunk it in the water, even a, a water resistant phone won't be able to keep its constitution. Wow. <laughs> and so what God is challenging us on today is that the distractions are always going to be present, but can you be dipped in the distractions? Ooh and not change what you've been called to do. Oh my can you oh. keep the <laughs> Can you keep the mission the mission? Wow. Can you stay functioning? Can you take a licking and keep on ticking? That's what they used to <laughs> say. Can you get dipped in the pain? Oh my god. And not change the constitution of your Come soul. Mm, that that's what that's god. our desire. Our desire is to be distraction proof, not distraction free. And the reason is because the opposite of distraction is full devotion. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when I think about being distraction proof, I, I think about the fact that you can't accomplish that. And this is why, why it was so striking that you said this earlier. You can't accomplish a proof, waterproof, distraction proof without testing. Mm -hmm. The first phone they made that they said was waterproof, it doesn't mean that it's waterproof just simply because they said it. It had to be dropped in the water and tested be tested. Wow. And it's a word for somebody. This was, wasn't even where I was going. This is a word for somebody. You're being tested right now. Wow. You're being tested to see if your constitution will change. Mm. Will your mission be altered because you're dipped in distractions? If that's a word for you, say that's for me. Type that in the comments. Whew. That's for me. That is for me. <laughs> that's for me. I know that's it's for, for me. me. I don't know about y'all. <laughs> but let's talk about the DNA of distractions here. Let's talk about the DNA of distractions because I think it's important to understand that distractions have a DNA. Uh, the Bible says that we shouldn't be ignorant of Satan's devices mm -hmm. because the devices of Satan are the toxic tactics that Satan uses and the enemy uses to keep us away from what God has called us to. And so there are a lot of different distractions that we would face. But a lot of our distractions have similar, similar characteristics, right? They have a DNA. And the first is in this weird name, Sanballat. Nehemiah 6, it talks about a man named Sanballat. Sanballat, Tobiah, and Geshem the Arab. There are three people within the context of that passage mm -hmm. who, are, who are representing the forces that oppose Nehemiah. Now, Nehemiah was a cupbearer for the king. He finds out that Jerusalem, the, the ruins, the, the, the walls of Jerusalem have been torn down. So now the gates are open. They don't have adequate defenses and the temple is destroyed. And so 
uh, Nehemiah begs the king. First, he, he cries out and he prays. He becomes broken about this. And then he begs the king, let me go back in order that I may you know, rebuild the wall because I believe that's what God called me to do. So the king gives him his blessing and says, whatever you need, you'll do it. He gives him uncommon favor. But he, he, he approaches people who are distracting him, Sanballat, Tobiah, and Geshem. And let's focus on this name, Sanballat. Sanballat's name is very interesting. I I've never met someone named Sanballat. Me I've met either. some people named Tobiah and Geshem, but never Sanballat. Sanballat's name is interesting. It means enemy in secret. Wow. Sanballat's name means enemy in secret. You want to know a distraction DNA? DNA number one principle. Distractions often come from places you least expect. Wow. That's good. Isn't it true of life? Yes. That the thing you least expect comes upon you? Mm -hmm. That the thing that you're not, the person you don't expect to go behind your back and tell your business to somebody else, that's the person who does? <laughs> the person who said, I'm with you till the end. They not? <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it interesting? Yeah, it's very It's fascinating how our distractions will come from people and also places. I wasn't expect it, it it's this funny meme where people say, you know, as soon as you get your stimulus check, your car breaks now. Yes. Right? Yes. <laughs> right? As soon as you fix one thing, another thing happens. Mm -hmm. If it's not one thing, it's something else. When one thing goes wrong, everything seems to go wrong. But I want us to be prepared and hardened for the fact that our distractions are going to come from places that are not expected. A mm. test in the test if you expect it. Mm. Wow. A test isn't a true test if you assume and know all the steps with which you're going to be tested. That's good. A test becomes a test when it's unexpected. That's good. And so I think distractions, they come from these people in these places that we least expect. And I think COVID has been like that too, right? Oh yeah, COVID came out of nowhere. We were just recording this video <laughs> talking about some things, you know, and we were recapping our ministry for some of our mentors. And, you know, we talked about how this, our first year of being pastors has been in COVID. And what do you, what do you think COVID has distracted us from or attempted to distract us from? Wow, I think it has definitely um, distracted us from focusing so much on what God is saying, what is God hmm. doing? Because, um, you know, it was all about, well, what is the CDC saying? Or what are they, what <laughs> right, is that right. other church doing? Or right, what are they right. doing? Are they going to do this? Are they going to do that? And so it caused a lot of questions and it's like, what are we going to do? What are we going to do when we have the answer? If we just Come like on. focus on God and say, Come God, on. what do you want us to do? I'm going to throw out my notes because it's clear. You preach it. Okay? <laughs> no. I just about deleted my notes. I'm like, delete, no. delete this portion. She uh, already said it. No, this is good. This is good. That's so true. I think it's also like the distraction of, of assuming that normal is our requirement. Mm. I think what distracted us so much is our norm and our comfort zone was, was removed from us. Yeah. So we just assumed we're like, oh, okay, well, you know, we'll get back to normal in a couple of months. Yeah. We'll get back to normal in three months. We'll get back to normal in four months and normal hasn't come yet. Yeah. <laughs> now, some people are acting like it's normal, but normal hasn't come right. yet for the right. majority of mm -hmm. us. Right. And so I think it's just, it's fascinating that that distraction can arise from even not just the things that 
we would consider to be our blessings, but our loves, the things that are, are normative mm -hmm. for us, our comfort right. zone, right? And I feel like God has, and I just thought about this, yeah. this just came to me, and I feel like the Lord has shaken our comfort zone so hmm. much, and it's like Oof. taken us to some kind of place where it's like we were frazzled, like, what do we do? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like God is like reshaping us to not be comfortable where you are so yeah. long that yeah. you forget the dependency on him, Oof. you know? And yeah. so that just easy drops in my seat. But that's easy yeah. to be distracted mm -hmm. in that regard. And this gets into calling, which leads us into DNA point number two. As we talk about the DNA of distractions, Nehemiah 2.19 says something very interesting. It says, but when Sanballat, Tobiah, and Geshem heard about it, they mocked and ridiculed us. This is Nehemiah talking. And they said, what is this you are doing? Are you rebelling against the king? Mm. And so this is point number two. Distractions always cause you to question God's calling. Always. The essence of any distraction will cause you to second guess what God called you to do. Mm. And I feel like so much of spiritual maturity is getting to the place where you are rooted and grounded in your calling, rooted and grounded in your purpose, rooted and grounded in what God called you to do. And you don't allow distractions or circumstances or situations or people or places to cause you to question what God already said. Mm. Wow. Didn't God say? But it's, isn't this, this is Genesis, this is Genesis 3. Genesis 3, what happens? Eve is in the garden and the tale is told that the serpent comes and asks the question, did God really say? Mm-hmm. Hath God really said? You're not going to die. You're going to die if you eat, the, eat of the tree? Oh, no, you're not going to die. You're good. good. As a matter of fact, you're going to become like God. Reshifting what, what the truth and the word of God is. Wow, yes. To distract us away from what we have been called to do. Wow. And I just want to encourage anybody who is watching, don't allow the situation you're in to question what God said. You didn't hear it wrong. God said it. Mm, that's good. You didn't hear it wrong. You've been trying to confirm it for a while. You done confirmed it. Just because you have a distraction right now doesn't mean that that distraction proves that you're not where God has called you to be. Often in the place where God has called you to be is when distractions will hit you the hardest. Mm. Come home. Okay, I gotta keep moving. Come I gotta, I gotta keep moving. Ooh, gotta keep God. moving. I'm trying to stay still. <laughs> Look, I gotta keep moving. Number three, number three here. This is in DNA of the distraction DNA. I, I want you to notice something interesting about Sam Ballad and Tobiah. Nehemiah 2:10. It, it says that when Sam Ballad and Tobiah they heard about this, they were very much disturbed that someone had come to promote the welfare of the Israelites. Verse 19 says they mocked and ridiculed us. Uh, verse four, uh, chapter four, verse one, it says when Sambalat heard that they were rebuilding the wall, he became angry and was greatly incensed. He ridiculed the Jews. Mm -hmm. And then Nehemiah chapter four, verse seven, it says that they were very, when they found out the gaps had been closed, they were very angry. What am I getting at? Distractions fester in places of unrestrained emotions. That's a test unrestrained mm. emotions. Now, we've been talking a lot about emotions and every time I bring up this, this theme of emotions, I wanna remind people 
that emotions are good things that God has given to us. They're not something to be afraid of, they're something to be stewarded well. And so when we think about our emotions, just because we have them doesn't mean that we're spiritually immature or any of that. That's a lie from the pit of hell itself. But emotions are healthy things and they reveal a lot about the state of our souls. But let me challenge you. Unchecked, unrestrained emotions are dangerous. If you can't control yourself, you can't construct for God. Wow. Construction requires restraint. That's good. It requires sticking to a plan. It requires not allowing those emotions that you feel to run wild. It requires for Mm. us to take a step back and say, what has God called for us to do? And let me not allow the emotion of anger or frustration or sadness to run roughshod and dominate what God has placed on the inside of me. And so I think as we think about our emotions, emotions are often the final frontier for believers, that if we can restrain and control our emotions, that if we can allow those emotions to be released in a healthy environment, Mm -hmm. not in an environment where everyone is present or we're, we're in our most public moments, you know, if we allow those emotions to be released in a restrained, wise way. And there are going to be sometimes in public where we are emotional, it's, it's valid and it's legitimate. But I think when we allow our anger or our frustration, that's where the distractions arise because we don't put a check on it. I feel like emotions are really that final frontier for believers. Yes, yeah, because God doesn't want us confused. Mm. You know, he, he doesn't want us confused. He wants us focused. He wants us in tune to yes. what he is doing for you and he has if the plan he has a plan for you so he he definitely wants you to be in tune to what he wants to do through you so yes that's so good let's get into some declarations here these are some declarations that we've talked about the dna of distraction but but let's do some distraction proof declarations i want to be distraction proof Mm -hmm. i want to get in the middle of some some things some situations that could confuse me that could distract me and not allow them to. Mm. I want the spirit of God to be so strong in me that it doesn't change my constitution, doesn't change who I am. Uh, Let's look at Nehemiah chapter two, verse 19 and 20. And in this passage, um, it's something really powerful that happens. I I referenced it earlier when I said that, you know, obviously the unrestrained emotion. So Sanballat, Tobiah and Geshem, they heard about it, they mocked and ridiculed us. Um, What is this that you're doing? Are you rebelling against the king? And I answered them by saying, the God of heaven will give us success. Mm. Point one here, declaration number one, distractions are opportunities for my development. Wow. Distractions are developing me. Mm. When you are distracted, when you have the opportunity to become distracted, what happens? you find out what you really believe. Wow. Whoa, I wasn't expecting that one. That's so good. Sam Ballot, Tobiah, and Geshem, press Nehemiah. So what you doing? You, 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 so the question of the calling, right? Uh, you don't know what you're doing. What you doing? You rebelling against the king? The God of heaven's gonna give me success. So what is developed in you is the cemented foundation of the fact that you will find out if you believe what God said mm. or if you need to be reminded of what God said. 
Have you forgotten what God told you? Or do you mm. believe that the God who brought you there is the same God that's going to be able to take you through? Gosh, come on. Come on. Do you believe that God will give you the prosperity that you need to advance? Do you believe that God will give you the success that you need wow. to overcome this? Do you believe that wow. God is on your... Do that's you, good. Nehemiah immediately recites belief. So it showed where he was in his maturity. It showed where he was in his development because the distraction is an opportunity mm. to see where you at. So this is part of the test. It's an opportunity to see how much more development do I need to be able to get to where God has me. Mm. And Nehemiah was developed enough to withstand the distraction and keep doing the mission. Wow, I wanna be like Nehemiah. Listen, <laughs> isn't it the truth? Instantly, he didn't even think about it instantly. Instantly, and, and we're gonna mm -hmm. get into some, some other things that he does instantly. It's a theme throughout this. He does some things instantly. It's powerful how, ne how Nehemiah shows what God had been doing in him for a long time before he got the assignment to. Jesus. Before he got the assignment to build, when he was serving as a cupbearer, God was developing him. Mm, my God. When he was on his Come knees on. praying about the fate of Jerusalem, God was developing him. When he was captured, God was developing him. Wow. When he was doing the small things that nobody saw and nobody applauded and nobody thought was excellent and nobody was enamored with, he was being developed. Jesus. That's a word for somebody. You being mm. developed. Woo. God. <laughs> you being developed in obscurity. You're being developed in anonymity. And the distraction sometimes is for us to get put on a high platform so that we can be seen mm. and applauded and admired. And God says, I've got you in the private so that I can present distractions or allow distractions to be presented to you so that they'll develop the character that you're going to need when you're in public. Wow. <laughs> let me let me keep like look. Let me keep moving. <laughs> let me keep moving. Let me this keep moving. Distractions are opportunity for develop. This developing you, y'all. It is developing what God needs in you to be able to lead. You have to get to the point to where when a when a question comes up, the immediate answer is, "Oh, God's yes. gonna have success." Yes, that's good. Success. Let's go to Nehemiah chapter four, verses one and five. One through five. Here, another principle here. Um, when Sanballat heard that they were rebuilding the wall, he became angry and was greatly incensed, as I said in the previous point. He ridiculed the Jews, and in the presence of his associates in the army of Syria, Samaria, watch this, in public, he said, what are those feeble Jews doing? Will they restore the wall? Will they offer sacrifices? Will they finish in a day? Can they bring the stones back to life from these heaps of rubble, burned as they are? Tobiah the Ammonite, now remember this is in public, who was at his side said, what are they building? Even a fox climbing up on it would break down their wall of stones. Here's what Nehemiah says in response. Hear us, our God, for we are despised. Mm. Mm. Now it's in public. He get ridiculed in public. Nehemiah, again, immediately responds. Mm -hmm. Hear us, our God. Why? Because my relationship with God, point two, is more important than reacting to you. Wow. My relationship with God is more important than my reaction to you. Come on. Nehemiah didn't spend time answering the distractions. He prayed to God about the thing that was trying to get him off course. Wow. Come on. 
And how often when distractions are presented to us in the midst of what we build and construct for God, do we try to answer and deal with the distraction rather than taking it to the person that could get out of the way? I mean, I'm guilty of it. I want to respond. I want to clap back. I want to say, no, let me fix this problem. And God is like, come to me because I already see what you're going through and I see what the attempt is. Mm -hmm. But if you come to me instantly, I'll answer you instantly and I'll be able to keep you on track. Mm That's good. Notice Nehemiah, if you look at the text, and we talked about Nehemiah a lot um, last year, but if you if you look at the text, what you'll find here is Nehemiah built in record time. Nehemiah was able to mobilize in in warp speed. Mm-hmm. Why? Because he didn't allow the distractions to get him off track. How? His relationship with God was more important than the reaction of the people. Imagine the laughs of the people. Imagine the people who ridiculed. Imagine the people who mock. This is a reminder to you. You ain't got to answer to the people who are talking about you. Wow. You don't have to answer. <laughs> you can let them say what they're going to say. Believe what you're going to believe. Say what you're going to say. Do what you're going to do. Because what I have decided in and of myself mm. <laughs> is that I've got work to do. So I'm going to talk to God about you rather mm. than talking to you about yourself. Wow, that's good, come on. And it's such a temptation for us to react, right? It really is. I, I was just thinking. You would think about some that situation you was telling me about? No. <laughs> <laughs> She'd be wanting to clap back. This a, is this a, a petty pass You just gotta know who you are yes. in God. Know who you serve. Yeah. Man, when we say we live, we breathe God, I mean yeah. that, Oh, that is just so good. I, I'm sorry. I just no, we, get we caught have, up. <laughs> no, but we have to remember who we are. Yeah. We have to remember, even in the moments when people try to take us out of character, I always, I always know that my first response is to God, not to you. Hmm. Let me pray about it. Let me get my heart right before I respond. Yeah. Let me not click send on that email. Yeah. Let me not reply to that text message. Let me not clap back in the moment. The stronger person is not the person who can vanquish publicly. It's the person who can remain themselves and vent it privately. Mm-hmm. Remain yourself. <laughs> remain who God has called you to be. Okay, two more, then we're going to let you go. Go back to Nehemiah chapter 6 and read verses 2 through 4. We read 1 through 3 earlier. Okay. Read 2 through 4. Okay. Verse 2, Samballot and Geshem sent to me saying, Come, let us meet together in one of the villages in the plain of Ono. But they intended to do me harm. And I sent messengers to them saying, I am doing a great work and cannot come down. Why should the work stop while I leave to come down to you? Verse 4, they sent to me four times this way and I answered them as before. Okay, hold up, hold up. Wow. Let Let me read the NIV. Verse four says, four times they sent me the same message and each time I gave them the same answer. Wow. Wait. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Declaration number three. Pressure won't change my position. Pressure won't change my position. Mm. Ask me five times, I give you the same answer five times. Because that's what God told me to do. Pressure me and distract me and the pressure won't change my position. This is the problem. The problem is for some of us is not that we don't know what God called us to do. 
It's we don't know how to handle the distraction of pressure that would try to keep us off of what God called us to do. And when pressure comes, we feel the need to amend and change the position that God gave us. But Come on. if the foundation is sure, pressure can't Ooh. change my position. If, pressure won't cause me to react differently. Mm. You ask me five times, I Jesus. give you the same answer five times. You ask me 10 times, I give you the same answer 10 times. And, and here's a message for someone, speak the same thing. Say it again. That's so good. Keep saying it. Ooh, Jesus. That's my answer and I'm sticking to it. Hmm. That's my calling and I ain't leaving it. Pressure won't change my position. Pressure will not dictate what I believe, will not dictate how I act, will not dictate my character. Ooh, Jesus. You better remain rooted. Oh, God. Four times they asked him. Four times Nehemiah said, it's the same thing. I told y'all. I told y'all I'm not going to get distracted. Wow. And so often that pressure, that pressure causes us to feel and think that we're doing something wrong, that we need to change mm. our answer. You're presented with the same temptation. Uh, my answer doesn't change. No, my answer hasn't changed. You're presented wow. with the same opportunity that you know is outside of your calling. My answer hasn't changed. The answer is no. Mm. And while your answer hasn't changed to people, your answer, this is the thing, when your answer doesn't change to people, it proves your answer hasn't changed to God. Mm, that's good. The no to people is the yes to God. Mm. That's so good. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Let, okay, I got one more, then we go get y'all out of here. I hope this is blessing. It's, it's getting good to us. Yes. But I want to keep moving. Nehemiah chapter 6, verse 9 here. Read verse 9 in the Amplified. Um, yeah, read okay. verse 9. For they all wanted to frighten us, thinking their hands will be so weak that the work will not be done, but now strengthen my hands. This is a declaration here. Every moment of distraction has a message of encouragement. Mm, that's good. Immediately, again, Nehemiah is just such an example of an immediate obedience, an immediate yes to God. Nehemiah says, God, strengthen my hands. Strengthen the work of my hands. Strengthen what we do. Thank you, Jesus. Every moment of distraction has a message of encouragement. Remember that. Never forget it. Sometimes God allows distractions to teach us how to pray the right prayers. Mm. Strengthen our hands. Thank you, Jesus. The distraction is coming. Strengthen my hands. Thank you, Jesus. There's an opportunity for me to get weak and get weary. Strengthen my mm. hands. People want to talk about it. Strengthen my hands. People want to tell me it's not possible. Strengthen my hands, God. Wow. And every moment of distraction has a message of encouragement that even if they want you to get weary for the work, even if the distraction means to weaken you, mm. the God who called you is the God who's going to keep you. Mm. Every moment of distraction has a message of encouragement, and it's all the same. We talked about it on Wednesday night. Go back and listen to it if you haven't. God is faithful. God is faithful, y'all. Mm, and Jesus. God is never going to stop being faithful. Distraction. A distraction-proof calling. Mm -hmm. A distraction-proof building process. I want you to lift up your hands right now. We're going to pray for you because there is... There is undoubtedly someone who is feeling the weight of distractions. And right now, as you lift up your hands, 
you know what's distracting you or attempting to. It might be a person, might be a place, might be an opportunity. Here's the interesting thing. With Martha, she was doing a good thing. She was preparing the meal for the Lord. It might not be an evil thing. It might be a good thing. It might not be the distraction of opportunity, obstacles. It might be the distraction of opportunity. It might not be a bad thing. It might be a good thing that's just not a God thing. Whatever it is, lift up your hands right now. We're going to pray a prayer over you. God in heaven, we ask that you would strengthen your people, harden them from the distractions that would attempt to change the constitution of their call. God, would you make them distraction proof? We cannot stay away from distractions. We cannot stay uh, apart from them. They will always be present. They will always come. Even our Lord faced distractions on this earth. But God, would you give us the ability to be distraction proof? Would it not change the constitution? Would it not change our essence? Would it not change our calling? Would it not change our mission? God, would you call us? Would you keep us? Keep your people strong. And I pray for those who are getting weary, who are tired of people talking about them, who are tired of people saying the things. God, I pray right now that you would strengthen them, strengthen their hands, that they may do what you have called them to do. Make us distraction proof right now. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. Amen. Church, this has been awesome. This has been fun. This is a little bit different, but this is fun. I hope you have enjoyed it. (laughs) I hope it has blessed you. And church, we're going to see you next week. Pastor Marlena is going to be preaching. You know, she's a powerhouse preacher. I cannot wait. So we will see you next week. I love you, church. And remember to fill out that reentry survey. We are coming back to church soon. So fill it out and we'll see you next week. Be blessed. Well, hey, everybody, this is Pastor Tyler again. Thank you so much for tuning in to the NDCC online worship experience. So if you want to take a step in God, I want to pause here. You know, normally I just breeze through this and say, hey, you can just put home in the comments or text home to the number at the bottom of the screen. But I think there might be someone out there who genuinely wants to have an encounter with God who wants to make a decision to follow Jesus. If that's you, I just want you to lift up your hands right now. You can type home in the comments, but right now, first, I just want you to lift up your hands. And I just want you to say, even repeating after me, if that's you, you say, God, I wanna give my life to you for real this time. I wanna follow you in everything that I say and I do, transform and change my life. Lift up your hands and say, God, come into my heart and save me. I repent of my sins. I repent of the way that I've been going, and I just want to follow you. Thank you for the example of Jesus. Thank you for what he's done on the cross. Thank you that he's alive and risen, and thank you that I can make the choice to follow him. Come into my heart and save me. Transform me. Make me new. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you prayed that prayer, we're so excited. We're proud of you. We want to celebrate you. We want to be excited with you and walk with you as well. You can type home in the comments or text home to the number at the bottom of the screen. It means so much that we're able to introduce Jesus to you. Once again, if you did not have the opportunity to give earlier in the service, you can do so in two ways. You can go to ndccpensacola.org and click offerings or you can mail it in to P.O. Box 6400, Pensacola, Florida, 32503. I hope to see you next week. And until then, be blessed, be safe, be healthy, and we love you so much. Peace. I don't have the pain in my face, Lord, oh, no. all I'm raising mistakes. People try to beat you, but we ain't in a race. Ah, gotta believe it's still an open door if you don't see it. Just as long as I know my purpose, I won't lose it. I can't leave it. I can knock down all the time and doesn't mean that I'm defeated. I'm going through changes, through changes. Where's grace? No my place. Yeah, I made my stay.
mistakes, but I didn't stay. Kept the faith, not the same after everything I've been.